Welcome to Our Scars Speak. My name is Christina Miner, and I am the host of this podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to provide our disclaimer. We are not claiming to be medical professionals or any other professional providing advice regarding your treatment plan. We encourage everyone to follow their doctor's orders. We are only here to share our experiences and provide support. Tonight, I'm excited to introduce Bethany Webb, who is such a phenomenal person. She is full of life. She's full of energy. And I'm definitely, I can't wait till she shares her story, but she has a book, but I'm not going to tell who she is fully because that's what she's here to do. Thank you so much, Bethany, for coming on Our Scars. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you, Christina, for having me. I'm so absolutely, happy to be here. absolutely. So I always begin the interview with pretty much Bethany, just share share with everyone who is Bethany without the titles and all that good stuff. But who do you describe yourself as? Yeah, so so I'm uh simply a lady uh living in Colorado, and um I would describe myself as someone who is relentless relentlessly determined to make the best out of life and tough circumstances, um, which I have been in many. Um, and I'm a lover of nature, of adventure, of connection, um, gratitude, and and really just, just life. I'm really, really happy to be alive. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That is such a good description of you. And even when I think back to like your IG posts and stuff, like you totally describe yourself 100% and you do it, you know, not only verbally, obviously, but you are just phenomenal with your creativity on um, Instagram <laughs> everywhere. So it definitely matches up. Um, so what, I like to always allow the guests to share, like, what was life like? I know you had, you know, breast cancer, you have breast cancer diagnosis, which you'll get into, but before you even found out about the diagnosis, like, what was your life like? Yeah. Yeah, So like a a snapshot of life, I I was 33, um, living in Dallas, Texas. I had just moved. um, I was running an, an Airbnb with my husband at the time outside of Austin And, um, I was working as a yoga therapist and I was also, um, just finishing up a certification in a mindfulness practice called the work of Byron Katie. And so I, we had just moved from Austin, um, back to Dallas where we had lived before. And, um, I, you know, I felt healthy. Um, I felt kind of like I was coming into the prime of, of my life, you know, in a way. And, and I had been leading retreats. I had just left, led my first international yoga retreat in Costa Rica um, with my mom. Actually, she teaches meditation and yoga too. And so um, it just felt like life was all coming together. And then I was so excited about um, this sort of merge of, of mind and body with the mindfulness training that I had gotten freshly certified in. And then combining that with yoga therapy in a way of like, you know, we work, we work, we obviously go to yoga, we work out, we exercise, and that has like a really neat benefit on the mind. But also there are ways to work the mind that have a really incredible benefit for the body as well. And so I was like, Ooh, I'm going to combine this cool new thing. And I had all these plans, I'll tell you. Um, and, and, and life had a very different plan, uh, for me (laughs) is the summer of 2015. So this is, um, a little over eight years ago. And, and I found a lump, um, 
And lumps were actually not very new to me, you know, at that time. Um, in my late twenties, I started getting lump in my lumps in my breast. I had really dense breasts and also very large breasts for my size. You know, I was like a size two tiny person, but double D breasts and, um, you know, had no family history of breast cancer. It wasn't really something on my radar, but when I did find that first lump in my late twenties, I had a, a nice little freak out about it. Cause I didn't realize that it was possible to have lumps that weren't cancer. And so, right. you know, at that time, I remember going to Planned Parenthood and getting an appointment for that lump. We did an ultrasound that um, just confirmed that it was, it was just a cyst or a swollen lymph node that happened a couple other times. And so I just sort of learned to monitor my breasts over time. And so this lump that I found was the one lump that I did not get checked out right away. I waved it off. I was like, I'm healthy. I'm young. Like I have no, again, no family history. All these other lumps were just a cyst or a lymph node. Like I'm going to I'm not going to do anything about this one. Um, so there was my first lesson and the many of lessons in my cancer <laughs> journey. Um, but I, I waited and it wasn't until I found a lump in my armpit on um, the summer of 2015 and a, a dear friend of mine that was also a yoga teacher, really young and healthy was diagnosed with a really rare form of uh, sarcoma cancer. And it started as a pain in her hamstring. And then, you know, all of a sudden it was just this crazy, um, crazy journey for her. And so that really showed me like, gosh, maybe I'm not exempt <laughs> from this cancer thing right. and, and I need to get it checked out. And, you know, I'd lived my life really naturally, like kind of really starting like mid twenties, I would say. So almost six, seven, eight years, I was on this wellness journey Career-wise, I also, you know, I ate or started eating organic, more plant-based, and um, <clears throat> I, I thought nature, you know, nature was better, and, and I had a lot of fears around medicine. And so, while I did get some of those lumps before I checked out, you know, with an ultrasound, I decided to go a different route with thermography um, to get these mm -hmm. checked out. And I had tried that one other time and it, the results were consistent with the ultrasound. So I was like, okay, I trust this process. And right. I heard, heard things like it's safer and even better at detecting cancer than mammograms. And it, you know, it doesn't have any radiation. So it's healthier. Right. So like, I really was like, oh, cool. I, I'm so happy to do this. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, those, the thermography showed no signs. I did not detect any signs of, of cancer. Um, in either really? my or my armpit, nothing. And so, you know, the naturopath at the time, he recommended some kind of tincture to like flush my lymphatic system, some other treatment, but it was basically like, no, you're good, but come back in six months. And um, as time went on a bit, I was like, I, I felt like the lumps were getting bigger. Um, the one in my breast, you could almost see, you know, visually like right. the, was starting to, you know, distort the shape of my breasts. And, I, and I'm like, you know, are you sure that we shouldn't, I shouldn't get a mammogram or, you know, something different. Like I'm a little nervous here. It's not getting any better. And, you know, his, his words were, you know, will mammograms cause cancer? <laughs> I'm like, are you saying that the lump would magically <laughs> become right. cancer? Cause whatever this is, it's already here. And so I'm, um, we did another round of thermography again, it showed nothing. And, and I love something in, 
an inner voice kicked in that was just like, no, I've got to keep investigating this. And I'm really happy I listened to that voice. While it would have been nice if I listened to it a year earlier, sure. Um, But I'm really glad that I did when I did. Um, So that's when I went then the route of, I ended up having a, both an ultrasound and a mammogram. It showed Mm -hmm. really highly suspicious, like this, this isn't looking good. And then it was um, the biopsy that did confirm the diagnosis. And that at that time, now we're in, you know, I just had my 34th mm-hmm. birthday. It's like two weeks after uh, my birthday was when the diagnosis came. And um, and it was late stage two. So I'd spread to my lymphatic system mm-hmm. um, and, and very aggressive. It was a grade three as well. And then estrogen positive. So it loved estrogen. Um, mm-hmm. And I had like, a really amazing experience in the diagnostic phase. Cause, cause it took, you know, it took a while for me to have my diagnosis. So mm-hmm. this thought that I could have cancer, you know, was certainly percolating in my head. I'm someone who is trained to deal with stress, to find mm-hmm. peace, to find, you know, and I got to tell you that I started really losing it uh, mentally and emotionally in that, that couple weeks of, of not getting answers that I wanted and feeling so frustrated and then just becoming absolutely terrified. Like, what if this is cancer? Like, mm-hmm. oh God, is my life over is before it's even beginning or, you know, are all my dreams canceled or all. And, and just, I watched my mind get consumed with, mm-hmm. with those fearful thoughts. And, and that ended up being a really incredible experience for me because I got to clearly see, you know, at that time I did not have a diagnosis yet. I was still figuring things out. So this is before the biopsy, but at that time, like I could really clearly see, oh my God, I, I, I know what the cause of suffering right now is in this. And it's not cancer. Cause I don't even know if I have it yet. Like the cause is what I'm thinking and believing about it. And that really inserted, um, exactly what the mindfulness practice, you know, that I just got certified in. It's all about looking at what you're thinking and believing. Now, was I using any of those tools at first? Hell no. I just talked right on out the window, <laughs> darkly spiraled downhill instead, but that mm-hmm. ended up being just a, a really big gift because suffering, you know, it has its gift where we hit that limit of like enough, right? Absolutely. I don't want to live like this anymore. This isn't helpful. It's not helpful to anyone around me. I'm like yelling at people, lashing out, like, you don't understand it, you know, like crawling under a blanket. It doesn't help my body because I'm in panic freak out mode. And there goes, you know, my nervous system Mm -hmm. and my my response is like (laughs) on steroids. Um, And so I like, I had to try that out a little bit first (laughs) to be like, okay, Bethany, like, let's go back into that toolbox. Right. So, um, that's what I did. And it was really clearly like a two week period. It was after the mammogram and ultrasound Mm -hmm. before the biopsy that I just started diving into looking at those beliefs and those thoughts, you know, about cancer, about my future, about my body and, and all those fears. And I started questioning them, you know, I'm like, can I know for sure that I have cancer? Like, no, I I can't know that yet. But even if I do, can I know for sure that that would be a bad thing? You Mm -hmm. know, that that would be the end of my life that I wouldn't be able to handle, you know, what comes next that, and, and starting to poke at 
those stories that, that we tell ourselves and we don't even tell ourselves on purpose. It's not like we wake up and we're like, I'm going to scare the crap out of myself this morning, (laughs) all these thoughts and project a really crappy future. Like we don't, we're not conscious of it, but it happens. And then we believe them without even noticing. So, um, as I started to question my, my beliefs, like my mind started to open and my heart started to open to all these other possibilities of like, okay, like as I'm very much wishing this is not cancer, right? even if it is like, how might this be good? You know, mm-hmm. how might this be something that could be happening for me, you know, instead right. of to me. And, and I started to find examples of, of gosh, maybe it's something that, you know, could, um, could strengthen my relationships and mm-hmm. with people I love. Um, maybe it's something that would, you know, really um, give my career a new direction. Here I am thinking I'm going to do yoga and, and this mindfulness practice this way. Well, maybe it's, mm-hmm. it's meant to be in, in the cancer world in some way, or, um, you know, maybe I'll learn about a new treatment thing, you know, option right. that my body quickly that, you know, I get to share with others. Maybe, it's a path that helps me practice a lot of these self-care tools that, that mm-hmm. I've been living for a while, you know, maybe it's a way that I'll meet new people and make yeah. new connections. And I'm like, looking at your face, like, yeah. <laughs> like, and it was just like, it filled me with so much inspiration that I was like, you know what? Like, I'm good. Like, I'll be good either way. And yes, I vote for no cancer, but yet like, it was just so soothing to see that there were a lot of really neat things that could come out of it. And so wow. um, the day I had that biopsy, I felt like the the nurse's name was Joy. Oh, you know, offered me a good. warm blanket. <laughs> and I was like, you're amazing. This is I was an annoying, like one of those annoying bubbly, like I was just so clear and at peace. And right. it showed me my goodness, like how important the role of the mind is. Mm-hmm. And, and when I heard the words, you have cancer, that, that was a phone call for me. It was like, I can't remember. Well, I mean, I know it was September 16th, but I can't remember. It was like, it was a couple of days after the biopsy. Okay. And I mean, yes, I stalked my phone that day. I was like, you know, like what this call could come at any second and my future could really change based on mm-hmm. whatever this call says. And, and, you know, when I did hear those words, um, you know, it was from, it was from the PCP and, and she's like, you know, and this is, this is the part of my job that, um, I really like, you know, I, I'm so sorry. And, and, and what it is, it is cancer in both the breast and the lymph node. And it was just such a, um, like a slowed down time, like froze experience. Mm-hmm. And my husband at the time was next to me and we were both on speakerphone, like our foreheads were touching, you know, over it, listening to every word. And, and she was so kind and just like, you know, when people do this and they get through it and they live really happy lives. And I, I could just, I could separate what was happening and just witness a bit and see like the kindness in her sharing. I her, you know, I could tell it was difficult for her. And then, you know, I, I saw the sweetness of, of my partner next to me and, you know, he's there, we're, we're crying, we're holding each other. And it was, you know, a really intimate moment. Right. And, and then I watch, you know, the mind go and, and then I get up and I'm like, my breath is going away. And it's like, oh my God, wait, what? Like, is this, can- are you kidding? Like, it just felt very surreal. And mm-hmm. so, um, that beginning phase, like set 
just set me up for a different way to enter the journey where as opposed to, you know, feeling like a victim and like, you know, poor me, which I've thrown plenty of pity parties. That's, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> often part of it, but I, I didn't really live in a, in a victim state. I, I entertain this different lens of, of, you know, seeing cancer as, as, um, as a wise teacher, you mm. know, instead of as this enemy, this thing to fight, I was like, you know what, this, this is happening. It's grown in my body. I don't want to, I don't want to fight something that's, you know, with, within me. And, and that's clearly here, whether I like it or not, I don't right. want to go into that kind of mode. I didn't run it, resonate with that, but I really resonate with going into sort of this this loving space of learning and being like, okay, you're here. Like whether I want you to be or not, here you are. And what, how might you be here to, to make my life even better? And, you know, and what are you here to teach me to, how to support me in self-growth to, you know, all those things that like you'd go to a yoga teacher for, right. To be right. And to slow down, to be mindful, Mm -hmm. to, um, enjoy like, simple moments to, um, find love and gratitude. Like that's, that has been cancer for me, <laughs> Times wow. of, like way more than any, any training I've ever done, right. um, through that lens has been just a different way through it. And so I took that process, that mindset to really meet, I kind of separate it in modules. My treatment started with chemo. And so, you know, I was like, again, like a supernatural person. Um, and I opened my mind to Western medicine. Like I, I had to, um, for me, and that was a big part of my, my inner work in the beginning was, you know, instead of seeing it as poison or as pharma, trying to make money off of people getting sick, these are all the stories I bought into, um, I question them and I'm like, well, maybe chemo isn't poison for me. You know, mm. like what if it's the opposite? Like it's healing. And, and I right. kind of forget when we think of chemo, we forget the second half of the word therapy. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> it does have therapeutic benefits. And I, I didn't find it helpful to go in thinking it was poisoning me and, and damaging my body. I imagined it was, you know, my healing elixir that's like cleansing the body of what it doesn't, you know, um, need anymore, which cells. And then I imagine my healthy cells protected and, you know, had fun finding complementary ways to, to work with that, with nutrition and acupuncture and, and movement and things like that and supplements. Um, And so, and I really like, I just saw so much kindness in medicine and it was shocking. Mm -hmm. Like my doctors were, I mean, they were humans and they were looking me in the eyes and they were holding my hands and Yes, I didn't always love what they said, but like I right. their expertise, you know, that's why I'm there. It's not, I'm not going in for my plan of cancer. I want to hear right. well, they're the ones who've been studying it for years. And so I really like that was a big, big mindset shift of of just embracing, you know, the whole entirety of, of healing modalities as opposed to that hierarchy of like this one's better than this. I'm like, well, right. make all the good ones to put together. <laughs> And see medicine as, you know, it can be spiritual experience. It can be like beautiful and enlightening. And then even in side effects and feeling shitty, like Mm -hmm. it's a way to stay really present, to slow down, to like ask for help and and say yes to support. I was not that type of person to do it all, give her, you know, person Mm -hmm. before. So it was like, 
gosh, what a cool, a cool um, way to go through it. Absolutely. So did you, did your family, did you have uh, a mutation or I just want to ask you a couple of questions with your diagnosis. Did you have a mutation? And then Mm -hmm. also if you, whether you did or you didn't, um, did anyone in your family have cancer before where you were able to see their process of, um, or caregiver for them? No. Okay. I, I, um, no, we did, did genetic testing. Um, and nothing came up. Um, I have no family history. Um, I might have some distant relatives with like a different type of cancer, but nothing I knew about or could draw conclusions from, or nothing I witnessed firsthand either. Um, I knew a few people that had gone through it, but like, I have to say my main reference point was movies and Hollywood. Uh, And like, that was my story of cancer at first. And, you know, as we know, like I had, yeah, a story and, and, and then I was like, I don't know what this is going to be like for me. Let me clear. I've heard I'm not like, trust me. And when you, as you know, when you share your diagnosis, Mm -hmm. it is absolutely mind blowing to me that one of the most common reactions is someone being like, oh my God, my best friend's sister's uncle died the most brutal (laughs) death from cancer. And I'm like, can we change that narrative? Like, please don't tell me the worst story, you know? I'm trying to make it. It happens all the time. I'm just like, what? So those would be like my reference points. And and I really like, I'm like, I really had to clear my mind of like, that's not my story. You know, I'm going to find out what my story is. We don't know yet. I have no proof. This is going to be a horror film for me. Like let, you know, if I were to believe that it'd be really, I'd have a pant. Why wait for the film to come true? I would be panicking right now. And so um, that was like a really funny part. And Right. And then, you know, throughout treatment, like, um, you know, I did do, I ended up doing a double mastectomy and then mm-hmm. radiation. So like pretty traditional treatment path that way, um, and finish everything up and was pronounced physically cancer-free. And, huh. um, that was in 2016. Um, so a year later, physically cancer-free. And, and then I had my breast reconstructed a year after that. So it didn't quite feel over, but, um, <laughs> and then I moved on to, to hormone therapy and, and there was this, like, I always like mentioning this just because it seems to be really common, more mm-hmm. common than we realize experience is um, when I was physically cancer-free, um, I was like, I spiraled. I, I had a really hard time for a bit after that. And it really surprised me because it's like, oh my God, this is what we've been working for right. you know, this whole time. And um and it's like, when you're in really active treatment, it, there's kind of like an adrenaline with it where you're like, okay, the next thing. And then the next thing. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're left with like, wait, what just happened? Like, yeah. or and what could have happened and didn't happen? And then what could happen in the future? And I just, I watched my mind go crazy. And and I was also dealing with um, some a hard time in, in my marriage, you know, at the time mm-hmm. as well, like cancer was something connecting us in the beginning. And then it was like the quite the opposite um later on and so I felt like I was like picking up the pieces of that and like trying to figure out like what am I doing with my life now like what you know and of course you're recovering from side effects but it took some time to kind of come through the that time and I just had to let myself cry and like be a mess and 
And I had this, you know, this belief I should be happy. And, and clearly that's not true. I was not, you know, happy. Right. And maybe I should just let those faucets run until they're, they're yeah. empty. And that was really, really healing for me. And, and um, I did some work on the fear of recurrence, you know, at that time of, mm-hmm. gosh, that's really common. It's like, oh, I don't want to go through this again. Or what if it comes back? you know, terminal. And, and I worked those fears and, and really, you know, use that fear as a way like, okay, you know what, there is no guarantee that cancer is not coming back, but like, let's say it were like, how might I live my life differently? Mm -hmm. And, um, from that space, I started making like huge changes in my life. Um, and a big one, was, was leaving the marriage and that I was in and moving to Colorado. And so from Texas to Colorado, I, you know, Texas, I've loved, I went to college there. I was there for Uh 20 years. I I planned to leave about 12 years earlier Uh, (laughs) and and I moved to Spain. I was like living abroad and I ended up coming back to Dallas. And so I just like, I was ready for more nature, more adventure. And, you know, I was ready to, to move on from that relationship. It just was not nourishing me anymore. And I was ready for this fresh start. And, and so that's when I moved out to Colorado it was in, uh, 2019. So about four years ago. So 2019, you moved out to Colorado, but mm-hmm. something that you said that is so relatable, I want to go back to it just briefly. Yeah. And that's the fact of when you go into some people say, um, cancer free, some people say remission, some people say no evidence of disease, but when you're in that space and the doctors kind of start releasing you, I understand what you're saying because I went in kind of panic mode because you do, you have like a adrenaline rush throughout the whole entire process. Then it's like an abrupt stop or slow down to stop. Um, you never stop because we're always going back to the doctor, but it's like compared to what it was, it's kind of mind altering because not only, you know, you may be going through things in your personal life, it's like the support system from your medical team is like, where are you now? Yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of like a security blanket I have found in many of our lives that we don't want to go to the doctor, but then it's like, if we don't go to the doctor, it's all those questions of who's going to watch me, who's going to be there for me on that end, yeah. if you're not right here accessible to me. So yeah, thank you for sharing that because that yeah. is a reality for many of us. So many people, like literally the client I was working with this morning, that exact experience is happening. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that it's being talked about more and that mental health is being talked about Absolutely. more. And then this, this time, the aftercare, you know, needed, um, with a diagnosis, you know, right. whether in remission or not. And like another thing, I, it's just a big thing I realized in, in that, you know, journey was, was like, you know, cancer free to me is a state of mind much more than a physical um, mm-hmm. condition. Cause there were times where I had cancer and I felt free, free as yep. a bird and at peace and joy. And then, then there was the time I didn't have cancer and I was suffering. So it's like, Oh gosh, it doesn't seem to be dependent. And my, my right. definition of cancer free, which I know for, for most people it's, it's the physical thing, but, um, but yeah. no, you're right. But, a lot of people, they could go through various things in life, not just cancer, but anything. I, I used to go and I used to preach at prisons. And sometimes some of the inmates were happier than people on the outside. And because of their state of mind um, and the work that they had done while they were in there mentally and spiritually and physically, you know, that they were freer um, than they had ever been. So I, I 
Wow. I understand that even from a medical, having a disease standpoint of, I remember going through what I went through and I felt there was a period, I was like, wow, I'm the most confident I've ever been in my life. I'm like, how is that? And I have no breasts now. Like, but it's the, it's the work that you do. And I just find your story to be very fascinating because you are literally utilizing and applying everything that you had learned right before the diagnosis throughout the whole entire process. So, yeah. Um, So, so when I moved out to Colorado, um, (laughs) it was like this whole new life, right? And like, uh, I just started skiing and hiking and it was so exciting. I started dating, which was like a whole realm of, oh my God, like who's going to want to date me now? Like I have been cancer. My, you know, my favorite body parts have been replaced They're They look good. You know, they look great. Like <laughs> they look fantastic, but like, they also had some really weird quirks because like when you, my pec muscles are on top, they're just weird, you know, different. um, they also go in the dark. I learned that later, but, oh, yeah, they do. I, but I was like really fearful. And also just like the baggage, you know, I viewed cancer as baggage as, as like mm. an attractive quality, um, that might like turn people off or they might not be able to handle it. And, and it's not that I was looking for a partnership. Um, at that time I was just, I was like, I want to date. I, you know, hadn't been single for 12 years. I was like, like dating apps, you know, that whole world was like foreign to me. I had a ball. Um, but I looked at, you know, those fears and I was just like, well, let's find out. Let's just go find out if they're true. I don't know. I have no idea. Let's go find out. Right. Like, I don't know. I had a wonderful time. I had zero issues with like, if anything, it like made me have interesting stories, you know, to, to share with people. It was not baggage in any way. And, and for me, it was also a litmus test because if, if I meet someone and they have an issue with cancer or they're freaked out or, you know, they have trauma behind it and that's okay. It's Mm -hmm. valid. It's just, you're not my person. Um, Mm -hmm. easy, simple, like you're not the person for me. I need someone who is going to be able to have a lot of fun in really hard times, because guess what? Life will bring those um, one playful light. And that the C word isn't like some, you know, word they're afraid to, (laughs) to talk about. And so, um, eight months into my dating exploration, um, I met, I met my now fiance, uh, named Tim and we met on a dating app and it was just like one of those hit it off immediately couldn't stop talking had so much in common and I found this out later um because I was also like when do you bring up cancer how does that work because I started working in this world I started you know I I've shifted all my work um the yoga therapy and then also the the coaching and the the mindfulness practice was all Mm -hmm. for people going through health conditions because I was just like this is this is where it's needed you know for me and I want to give back like a way to find the freedom that, that I could have. So, so I knew it wasn't like, I, I'd bring it up right away. I'm just that kind of person. But um, I found out he had like Googled me earlier and you can't, you don't have last names on dating apps, but he found me easily apparently. So he knew going into the day that I had had cancer. Um, the other, you wow. know, he knew that I was writing a book. He knew like, and so I thought it, that was kind of interesting to learn later that he already knew Andy showed up and we just like, we, we hit it off immediately. And, and, then we had this funny thing happen a month later and it was COVID <laughs> the oh. pandemic started. <laughs> and so it was like, you know, of course a crazy time for everyone where like the world is shutting down. Um, mm-hmm. but here we are kind of like, well, what do we do? Like, do you want to still hang out? Like I think I want to <laughs> hang out. Like 
how are your germs? What about my germs? You know, and, and we made the choice to keep um, hanging out. And it was, it was that litmus test again for me is this, we just had so much fun um, quarantining together and, you know, staying up and doing karaoke and dancing all mm-hmm. night, making great meals and going on walks and hikes. And like, I just was like, you, my, my buddy, you know, you're my, <laughs> here. It, was, it was really fun. Um, and then that time too, I, I finally, you know, and again, another like, oh gosh, if cancer came back, how would you change your right. life? And one was getting my book out there. Um, I started writing throughout the whole journey. And actually before, like in that time period of the diagnostic phase, I was like, when I started doing that work and, and starting to feel inspired and excited about cancer, I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I got to document this. And so I started writing, I had a blog going throughout and that was for my healing, just to, just to write. And, and like, as you know, with, with writing, like it just clarifies things and you have these epiphanies and realizations. And then, then it was a different act to share it. You know, that was new for me. I was not a sharer in a big way at all. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed sharing publicly um, and connecting with people and 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 hearing like, oh my gosh, I I thought that way too, or I I you know I went through that as well, and it was just so nourishing and healing. Um, and I knew I wanted to eventually make a book out of all of it. I think I have it here. Um, <laughs> so I birthed her um, yes. in the middle of COVID in 2020. Oh wow! I was six months into my relationship with Tim as well. So he made the epilogue. <laughs> oh, nice. Made it on that. I'm like, this is only six months, but I also <laughs> wanted to share like, Hey, like my life had changed so much mm-hmm. from like, the need of the book. You know, I live in a new place. I'm in a new relationship right. and a whole new life. And so I loved like adding the epilogue in there. And so, you know, again, life then looked great. It was perfect. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. And then my damn back started hurting my low back. Um, I did, I brought Tim to Florida to meet my family and for the first time and, and my nieces, we all decided to do a handstand contest together to Mm -hmm. try and get like, we're on the beach in front of the ocean. We tried to get the photo for Instagram where like all of our legs were up at the same time. Oh yeah. (laughs) And was there too. And like, he was, yeah. Look like they had never done a handstand before in his life. Um, it was just really funny, but we did like a bajillion handstands trying to get this photo. Mm-hmm. And so that night, I just like my back started hurting, and I was like, Oh, I'm feel old, like we're getting old, and you know, 39 at the time, and yes, <laughs> at that point, but anyways, then the pain started getting worse and worse, and like, it's like, God, this isn't going away. And, and by the end of that trip, like it was hard to walk. Um, I was like, do I need a wheelchair at the, at the airport? And I, I called my oncologist, um, which was, you know, new care for me being in Colorado. It's not the same oncologist I had in my first round of treatment. Um, so I was doing follow-ups with her, everything, you know, I've been clear and it's like, is this something to worry about? And, you know, and, and they, she didn't think so. And she's like, it sounds like an injury. And, you know, and so I had my follow-up a few months later and I'm like, I'm still limping. Like, I don't know. It's weird. And, and she's like, I'm like, are you sure you don't, I don't need a scan. And, and the answer like it, you know, 90% of people have low back problems. And so, uh, yeah, I went for chiropractics and yoga therapy. And, and then finally I was like, I want to scan like, and not that I thought it was cancer. Of course it I wanted to rule that out, but like right. it hurt. And I it was yeah. affecting my nature, my adventure life out there. I was like having a hard time skiing. There was like 
a time where like Tim had to roll me over in the middle of the night, like oh, wow. and I had to slide downstairs to go pee. I mean, and then some days where it was also okay and it didn't hurt that much. So it was really like, it was chronic, but not chronic, chronic. It was mm-hmm. really weird. Um, so anyways, I finally find a spine doctor to scan me and he orders a low back MRI. Um, insurance declines to pay for it because they said it wasn't medically mm-hmm. necessary. And I said, um, did you tell them I'm a cancer survivor too? At that right. point, five years out. Um, but I'm like, did you let them know that? And they said, yeah, they'll cover it. If you do six weeks of physical therapy, mm. like, uh, fine. So I do it does not get better. In fact, it feels maybe even worse from physical therapy. And then I finally get that MRI and, and two hours later, I get the phone call from the doctor and I'm like, why is he calling me? That's already right. like weird. And his first, um, first thing he said was, are you sitting down? And I was like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm like, okay, I am now. And I was alone at home during the day. And, um, he said it, you know, there are lesions all over your spine. This, you know, this looks like, it looks like the cancer's back and I, you need to call your oncologist right away. And, um, every ounce of positivity of I've got, I mean, just gone and, and devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember like shaking and, and just like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I called Tim, he was working, like get here now. And I, I told him on the phone, I tried to call my mom. She didn't answer. I called my dad, you know, he answered, but they were at the mall with my nieces. And so I told him he's like kept it secret because he didn't want that news to come in front of me. It was just this like crazy, um, heartbreaking experience. And I was so lucky that my oncologist was about to go on a month long sabbatical, but she put me into lunch the next day. Mm. And so with that, like I met with her and you know, she was very reassuring of, Hey, that this is treatable. Um, it's not curable, it's treatable. And and then they ordered more tests of PET scan and everything we found out was also my liver. It was in multiple places in my bones, like what couldn't count. It wasn't just my low back. It was like ribs, sternum, like shoulder, um, hips. It was just, it was like looking at someone else's body. <laughs> I'm wow. like, who is that on this screen? Wow. And, um, and I was very, very clear that I did not want a timeline. I was mm-hmm. like, do not tell me a timeline, which they weren't going there anyways, which I, but I had to say, because I just right. I knew messed with my mind. Um, I had heard stories. I did not know the mm-hmm. stitches. I was like, I don't, I don't want to know. Um, but I heard the word treatable and that was, that was really reassuring. And so, you know, I, I went back, back into cancer land, um, fully, mm-hmm. this is, this is an, um, the summer of, of 2021. So now about like six years past met that original diagnosis. And my first like primary emotion was, was rage. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolute rage at the universe, <laughs> at my body, at every, like, I just, it's like, I couldn't have done that better in my mind. Like, and I even dedicated my life to helping others with it. Like I, are you kidding me? Like, this is what, how, this is what I get, you know, for, it was just a very like heartbreaking time. And I had to just let myself break. I let loved ones hold me, Tim, you know, I 
begged him to leave. <laughs> I was wow. like, I mean, this was only one year into our relationship. And we had just moved into our first home together, like two weeks mm-hmm. later. This one, mm. this one it's like, you are free to go. You are free mm. to go. You have no idea how hard this is on a relationship. I, you know, I watched it bring up every issue I had in my past marriage and it disintegrated it, you know, and, and it was like, I didn't want, you know, I wanted to, to save him <laughs> from that. And he just like, he looked me in the eyes and he's like, I am in this with you. Oh, that's so beautiful. And then he really followed through with that too. I think was right. I mean, that moment was beautiful, but he really like has been, and that was just been such medicine for me, you know, with me and all those appointments and results and not questioning my doctors, like mm-hmm. complimenting them and, and complimenting me and letting me be however I am, whether I'm sobbing or, you know, doing it like that, that acceptance and, um, validation, like was so helpful and has been. And so flash forward now I'm over two and a half years from, from right. that moment of recurrence and the cancer, you know, at one point shrunk to no evidence of disease. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, like there's been a little bit of activity in my bones. Um, but everything's been manageable. Um, I am back, like my low back healed so well within about six, six months or so I was back skiing that next season. Wow. And it was like, uh, like, I mean, tears yeah. <laughs> that first day I was up there. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know if I'd be doing right. that. Again. And my body, like I had to go through PT and, you know, radiation mm-hmm. again in my low back as well and chemo and um, it was just really exciting to, to be able to start doing things. And, and now I'm, yeah, I'm going skiing tomorrow. Uh, wow. Like I feel great. Um, there are, you know, some things I manage like fatigue and uh, my immunity, the numbers are pretty low when you look at it, mm-hmm. when you look at the thing, but I hadn't been getting sick a lot until we were just talking. I know before yes. we started, <laughs> oh my God, there's like 8 million colds right now going around and oh, I'm, yes on an eternal mucus cough. But other than that, like I'm not, you know, I'm not in and out of the ER, like I'm living a great life. And, um, I, you know, when I hit the, the stage four and I moved through that grief, I had just a really like amazing moment where it was actually the same day I heard that it had spread to multiple places. Um, and there was just this sense of like, I'm going to fucking do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I got this, you know, I mean, this is happening. Yes. I didn't vote for it and choose it, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this like the best I I know how. And that's when I, you know, I joke that I renamed my diagnosis as live the fuck out of life. Yeah. Like I've been diagnosed (laughs) with live the fuck out of life. That is my mission. That is like my intention. And and I want to make the best out of, out of everything in this life. And, and I I know like a lot of my Instagrams, like I'm skiing, I'm dancing here Mm -hmm. and I'm like, energetic and that's you know that's not my whole life I'm also like living the fuck out of my couch and like binge watching Netflix and you know I'm like slowing down and you know I I look at like that definition to me is really just fully embracing what's in front of you in that moment and so you can do that in in a cancer center you can do that you know taking a walk outside and looking at a flower tree and you can do that skiing on a mountain (laughs) first too 
No, but it's true because when, um, when I had gone through, I was like, I am going to literally live one second at a time, like however it comes and then sit in whatever emotion it is allowed myself to sit in it. And when I hear you speak, that's what I've heard a lot too, is like you allowed yourself those moments to sit in that emotion, to feel it, to be present with it, to process it, and then decide what to do with it going forward. And it's just beautiful that you have the ability to do that because so many people, they get stuck in the, unfortunately, the, the part of it, that's the depression and the sadness. And it's, you know, not to be mean to anyone, like we just don't, it's like, you still got life in you though. So let's try to make something out of this a little bit more than just the depression and the sadness. Cause we do go through the those moments we go through those moments of being sure. sad and angry and rageful like you stated I remember having my moments but to be able to process it or have individuals around you your loved ones to help you go through yeah. those vulnerable save, moments save which you allow that is so huge like, yeah people that can hold that space and not you know say oh you but you should just be happy just be grateful mm -hmm. for being alive you know those moments when you're suffering it's like the worst thing you can yeah. hear it's like yeah. no I love Tim Tim has like I love it. He's in, hasn't studied any of the stuff I have and he's just like naturally does it, but he's just like, Oh yeah, babe, like you're going through a thing. Like yeah. I got you. Good. Yeah. It's okay. And okay. that's, and that's I love okay. the fact that, and I'm just like, Good. yeah. And you share <laughs> like, okay, this is what's going on. You can go. And I, I did the same thing with my husband who I had been married to for years. And I was like, you don't have to stay. Cause I automatically, <laughs> my mind went to, oh my God, how long and what type of cancer? Cause you're waiting to find out results. And the fact that you accepted what he had to say with you, what he had to say to you, which was uh, he was going to stay and he was going to support you. Cause a lot of times, some people, we have a tendency to still push people out of our lives when we need to be like, okay, I invite you to stay since you want to stay, but I want to give you that option to go if you want it to go. Yeah. Yeah. I do want like the people I'm counting on. I want them to be there because they want to be there and not because they feel like they have to Right. feel the difference. Um, and yeah, I think my first experience with cancer really taught me a lot about like saying yes to that support and help and, and look at the beliefs that would stop you from doing that. Like people yeah. think, Oh, it's weak. If I, you know, I'm vulnerable and crying or ask for help. That's a sign of weakness. And I'm like, or the opposite, like right. a sign of strength and courage. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also it's such a gift for people because the mm -hmm. people that love you, they want to do something about this. And unfortunately they can't take the cancer away. And I know they all want to like everyone right. would, would love to do that for me and they can't, you know? And so mm -hmm. like, that ability to support me, whether it's like, you want to go for a walk or, you know, donate to GoFundMe account mm -hmm. or, um, give me a ride to treatment or, you know, something like that is just, um, it's a gift on both ends, you know, to right. be able to receive it. And then for them, it gives them something to like, Oh good. Now I have something to do mm -hmm. <laughs> with yeah. thing. Um, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a practice though. Like I always like, it's definitely, if you're not used to that, which I mm -hmm. wasn't, it's, it's hard at first and it's like uncomfortable territory, but oh my gosh, I'm like, so glad. Um, cause mm -hmm. we don't have to do this alone. Um, mm -hmm. no. and there's a lot of support out there. And if it's not in the family, 
arena or in a partnership, it's also like there are so many groups out there now um, that are dedicated, you know, to yeah. supporting people in treatment and finances and mental health and exercise. Like it's amazing the difference um, right now compared to, to eight years ago. Yeah. You know, even when I when I compare the two, it's there's so much. It's almost not too much, but like it's overwhelming and right. overwhelming amount, in my opinion, at least in breast cancer world, it's like very impressive. Yeah. Were yeah. you very active within the breast cancer community the first time you were diagnosed or mm -hmm. did it come gradually throughout that diagnosis um, or did yeah. it happen with the second diagnosis? I started, um, yeah, I started getting active. Um, like I started teaching workshops at, at the cancer center. Um, oh, okay. and I can't remember, I know I was pretty sure I was bald when I started. I can't, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like I started with workshops there and then people were finding me just with, for one-on-one -on -one work because of the blog mm -hmm. I was sharing on social media as well, mainly Facebook at that time. I don't think I was on Instagram then, um, but like people would find me. Um, so private work. And then I, I partnered with a, another friend and we started leading these class series. Um, mm -hmm. At the time it was called Making Peace for Disease. And now um, I lead them on my own and they're called Finding Freedom with Pain and Illness. And so just like, and I also have a self-love series. So I started teaching online classes. And when I moved um, from Colorado, oh, and I did some speaking engagements as well with like um, some of the cancer, like at the cancer center. And then I, I think my, um, my plastic surgeon had an event and I spoke there and like, I just, it was really fun to share my story in that way. Um, and then when I moved to Colorado, like I had joined um, First to Sense is a cancer nonprofit for young cancer survivors and, mm. and they do a, these adventure trips. So I had gone on one already and, and they're actually based in Denver. So like I, I moved here right in and walked right into a cancer community of young, young thrivers and that like, and that not just the young survivors, but like ones that know what it's like to go through at a young age, mm. but also really like nature and adventure. And that was like, those were like my, you know, good friends. Right, right, right away when I walked in. And so, um, yeah, and it's just fun, as you know, when you put yourself out there, like all these other little opportunities come up. So I was working a lot more in that world when I moved out here and then now more so than ever that it's gone stage four. Um, I love it. I love it. And it's also hard as you know, um, you know, I, I can't count how many friends I've lost. Right. There clients or, or people I know. And that is, um, that always hits me in just a heartbreaking way. You know, I have my water bottle here and it's like my friend, Karen, you know, beautiful soul that I met out here. She started a cancer nonprofit for skiing and uh, breast cancer called Lumi Healing. And, you know, I, I remember I, I joined a, an event with her and she was helping me. My low back was still not quite there. And she was helping me learn how to, um, we were snowshoeing and then cross country skiing. I tried that for the first time that day and she was helping me with that. And then we did, um, back country skiing, which I never tried. And, and she was so sweet. And then she, she had a recurrence, um, soon after that and just rough, just a rough ride and, and, and passed away, um, recently. Mm -hmm. And, and just, you know, I really like, I, I do have like an internal check-in of like, you know, is this still nourishing me to work mm -hmm. at this area? Yeah. And as painful as, as it is when these beautiful humans um, pass away, um, it's 
like the beauty of working in this world far outweighs the pain, you know, yeah. for me. Um, and, and it's like an honor and a privilege and, and I'm very comfortable talking about death. Like I don't, I just, it, it's funny to me now that everybody is going to, this body will not, nobody's body is going to yeah, last forever. It boggles yeah. my mind that we're like a culture of death. Oh no. And I'm like, I could talk about death all day. I'm just so fascinated by it. And like, what does happen? And when will happen? We don't know, but like, I don't know. It's an honor to be like with people towards an end of the bodily life as well. And like the amazing things that come out of their mouths. And, (laughs) and also like, I just want to live out, like, at least what I would like if, if my body goes, like, I just want, I want people to really embrace life and, you know, like live the fuck out. It's like, like that's, that's the intention here. And, and that's a way to keep me living. Um, you know, after this body goes. And so I try to think of that the same way of like, what would I want when these friends pass away? And it's, I mean, everyone has a really similar message. It's like, go oh, like one of girlfriends, like hug your loved one, like hold your loved ones tight, mm-hmm. you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, and just, yeah, like while you're here, really like, let's like live it and, and mm-hmm. live it fully. And you don't have to live in a grind and, you know, unhappiness and, working your butt off until you retire. And then you can maybe have some fun. Like that's right. not, that's not what life's about. Um, and so I try to, yeah, live, live that out for myself and then for, for those people as well. well. You definitely do that. 100%. If no one ever meets you, they meet you on IG and you're just a ball of fun. I love looking at you <laughs> because you're always doing something funny. And I love the way you twerk. It's hilarious. Yeah. The onesie and the, um, I think you were getting a pet scan. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming you are. And, and I just love that video. It was absolutely hilarious. I, like I have so many tools to do with skin anxiety. I get scanned every two months right now. I'm actually in a clinical trial. So it's like, it's quite often. And so I just, I've already had tools for it, but like, I swear one of them, I think is, is the most helpful is planning a stupid, silly, ridiculous, real like video to create uh-huh. that. Day from. So like, I mean, I spent, I had, um, you know, this past scans were, were big for me because the ones before, for the first time since my recurrence, they did show activity in my bones. And that threw me off. I felt nothing. I had no, you know, and I was like, Shit. and of course I read those results. I was always like someone who reads the results as mm-hmm. soon as they're available in the portal, you know, like I'll be real chill leading up to the scan, but the day I get it and that information's available. I mean, I'm just like, phone, phone, yep. phone. ready? Is it ready? <laughs> you know, and I'm like stalking my phone. Um, and I, and I read them, they were it did not read well. It's like literally the first thing where it's like progression of disease. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. And here I am right. at 8 p.m. And then I start Googling and we know not to. Oh do yeah, the rabbit hole. I did it and I did it hard. And by the time I'm done Googling my itchy scalp, which by the way, turned out to be lice. Um, oh yeah, I remember that video too. Really fun. Um, <laughs> I convinced it was brain meds. And then yeah. I'm like, oh my God, it's this. And I'm like, I just, <laughs> that night. So anyways, the appointment with the oncologist the next day was much better um, than the way I was reading those scans. But yeah, it showed some possible progression, but it wasn't enough to, you know, warrant let's change treatment right now. Let's, um, you know, let's drop the clinical trial. Like it didn't warrant that. She gave me the option, like, Hey, do you want to keep, um, say on this treatment plan or do you want to get off it? Like, it's up to you. And I was like, you know, if you're comfortable 
staying on this. Like we were about to go into the holidays, you know, (laughs) peace season was starting. I was like, I'm like, I'll see in two months kind of deal. So, um, I, I decided to wait. So, so this next scan was big for me and I just, I don't know. I always get entertained by like, what weird video dance, something can I do? And so I had this idea of, of, a big onesie cause it's freezing in Colorado. And, and so I went to like a thrift store the day before the scan, I was hoping for a unicorn onesie. I found like a rainbow <laughs> bear or something. And it was like in the kid's section <laughs> anyways. And I laughed all day, the day before my scan, I knew what song I wanted to do. Right like this real sexy song, but like in a stupid bear cop. And I just cracked myself up all day the day before my skin that morning. I'm like, okay, which shoes am I doing with? Like my mind was not in any way on this scan. Do I have cancer? <laughs> like that's going to, you know, change my whole, life. you know, it, it wasn't at all like, and that, I don't know. I find it to be so wonderful. Yeah, it like is a great hilarious. coping mechanism. It is. And you started a trend too. Um, Before we get into like your song and everything, but you have started a trend. It seems like with people saying, I'm not checking my scan results. I see what I did differently. Too. Yeah. Yes. So for the first time I did not look and I, I mean, I'm not kidding. I set myself up that day. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the rec center steam room. A girlfriend's coming over tonight. Cause Tim has to work. I'm going to go to a movie. Cause I have to put my phone up. Like I literally was like, I'm not looking. and granted I only had to, my appointment was 24 hours later. So there are people waiting a lot longer and yeah. um, sometimes I've had to wait longer as well, but this time I, I set it up like magic in my opinion. <laughs> but I did not look and I'm so glad mm-hmm. I didn't because I would have misinterpreted it again. Yeah. Um, but the scan showed stable. Yeah. And so I was like all prepped. Like I was also mentally prepped. Like by that point, I'm like, okay, if we're changing treatment, that's fine. I've got this. Like, it's not, right. this is not the end of the world. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm like, I was open and kind of almost expecting that possibility too. And, and hoping, you know, for, or shocking, clear, right. you know, results. And, and I, and I heard stable and I was like, yeah. <laughs> she's no, like, we'll yeah, that. <laughs> stay on this and uh, let's continue on. And I'm like, all right. And the other magical thing that happens, I think this is all just last week or the week before. Um, but I had been, so we're getting married. Um, we got engaged yes. around and last September. And so we're getting married this year and I'm planning a wedding and we're planning like a fun trip with my family to Mexico and I'm making all these plans. And then I'm also like in the back of my head, like, like mm-hmm. we, or we can make plans, right? Like this is, make those I've plans. also had to cancel so many plans. Right. Like, this is like really fun <laughs> stuff. And that is so hard when that happens. And so, um, when she gave me the scan results, I, like, I just found myself asking, um, Hey, like, so like, do you think we're crazy? Like, am I an idiot for, for making these really big plans, you know, and she, and she just like, I loved her reaction. Um, she just looked us right in the eyes and she goes, you're going to Mexico in March. You're getting married in June. Right. Okay. <laughs> it was just as clear as it, no hesitation. And I, you know, I know people, we get different kinds of doctors. I just freaking loved her even more for yeah. that. And if she said something like, well, I don't know, you know, like, and, uh-huh. and I probably would have lost it, but I also would have found that resilience again. And it would have been like, I can't wait to prove you wrong. You yeah. know, like she just said that and it just, it soothed me so much. Um, it's so good to have doctors. A good- 
spoke yeah. that way, you know. To have a good medical team. Oh, it's such a good thing to oh have that God. support. Yeah. It, it's nothing like it. And um, the other thing, when you, when you just said that, just reminded me of how many times you know, so many people because it can't because of the diagnosis, it's like, oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to put it on hold because I have a I have a scan that's coming up. Or yeah. what if this happens? Or what if that happens? And it's like, no, because even if you didn't have cancer, something could still happen and mess exactly. up your plans. <laughs> or yep. you could still, you know, the point of it, the matter is just live your life and whatever comes your way, deal with it when it gets there. But don't. Yeah. predetermine something that hasn't even been determined. Like you said earlier, um, you don't want to make a narrative out of something that there's, there's no, there's no reason for it at all. Because and no proof. Like yeah, there's no proof, proof or evidence. Yeah. Right. Uh, my new motto is, is make plans and pivot. You know, it's like, yeah, all right, we made all the, and you know what? Yep. We'll pivot. That's what we'll do because you know what? We've done it before and we're pretty mm -hmm. good at it. Um, do I hope I'm going to Mexico? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to imagine that, but like, we'll also figure it out. <laughs> right. Change. Right. Because yeah. I mean, shucks, people are always planning stuff, the car breakdown or something like it. Life can yeah. be a roller coaster. Well, COVID. I mean, it's yeah, COVID. Just positive for COVID <laughs> right before your trip. And you're like, <laughs> which absolutely. And yeah. I, oh yeah. COVID was something else. And then the surgeries in COVID, it was just a mess during that time. But um, yeah, thank you so much for this time. But I, is there anything that you want to like anything coming up that you want to share with people and where can people find you before I ask you about your song and your word? Yeah. <laughs> so um, my guru cancer is the name of the book. It's the name of my social media handles. And it's also the name of my website uh, to keep it, keep it simple. But yeah, so that you can find me in any of those places. I'm nice. really I try to be really good at responding to people and getting back quickly. And yeah, like I, I work one-on-one -on -one with people and, and coaching and, you know, I call myself a mindset coach. Um, I gave myself that name to be honest, because like, <laughs> that's, that's just the main focus that I love doing. And, and yes, I work like the majority is with people with cancer, or chronic health conditions, but I also work with people in, in all areas. Cause as you know, like the mind, um, can really, <laughs> It's powerful and it can really impact, you know, the, what you're thinking, believing can really impact like the way you show up for your job or your family mm -hmm. or, you know, plan your future. And so the ability to kind of clear the muck away, um, and, and learn to love the life that's here right in front of you, mm -hmm. um, is really like serves in all areas. Um, and then, like I said, those online classes. I, I have a couple, like the next one is finding freedom with pain and illness. And that's in April. And then this year I'm kind of like, I don't know. I just did a topic based workshop on the fear of recurrence. That was super fun. Did that with another cancer thriver friend. And I think we might do a few more of those. So there's always stuff I'm like curious, you know, about and, um, and trying out and, and seeing, you know, if it resonates with people, I'm like, right. <laughs> right. So. I love that. I love that. And that's part of just living too, just learning and then sharing. Yep. And I think that's, that's a beautiful way to live. What, um, so your song now, her song on the reel was a little different because she had a reel that she chose a song just, just because, but so with that being said, what is one of your most favorite songs or something that means a lot to you and the artist and why you 
decide that you love that song so much and what does it mean uh, to you? you know, there's like, there's a lot to pick from, but there's, it's funny because um, the reel I did today did have this song. Oh, did it? <laughs> um, and it's so, it might be cheesy, but it's Frozen's Let It Go. I did see that reel. And it has a snow. lot of different meanings for me. First of all, I just love the song, period. And like, if mm-hmm. I am karaoke, which is usually by myself in the living room, um, <laughs> I will belt that song out. It is not pretty to hear, but I mean, I love singing it. And the messaging behind it of just like, let go of, you know, trying to live out of other people's expectations or, you know, let go of the past, let go of, um, who you think you should be and just be who you are. You know, I thought has such an amazing message. And my niece is my oldest niece, um, was, um, Elsa in a, in a play. And so I, we have a special like family we had a family trip on the beach once where, um, she sang it for us. And I just uh-huh. like cried see, you know, I just, I get, I get moved to tears so easily, like in these beautiful moments of, I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm so happy to be here to hear yeah. this. And, and now my younger niece and nephew, they're four and, um, one and a half and, and that's, or sorry, three and one half, no four, four. Yeah they live out here and and now they're obsessed with, with frozen songs now too. So I'm, I'm dancing in the living room and I see like my niece, like, let it go, <laughs> let it go, you know, and just this dramatic, and we're doing it together. And then my, my nephew's like running around too. And it's just, <laughs> it just brings such a smile um to my face. So yeah, I did a video with it today um with this water or I don't know if you know this trick, but like when it's freezing, like we had had below freezing temperatures below zero for maybe three days in a row in Colorado. Um, so I have not been hanging out outside. No, you have not. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> uh-uh. But one thing I was so excited to do is this hot water, boiling water oh, trick. Yeah. Where you, like I fill this with boiling water. You walk outside and you throw it as high as you can in the air and it turns into snow right away. And wow. so anyways, that was what the video was with that song. Um, but yeah, and by the way, when you do that, also hot water can still hit your face. Is I was about to ask you that. Like, will it come back you on your face? You can't tell the video, but it was literally like, because like, when you threw it, I didn't know it was hot water. So I thought yeah. maybe you had just scooped up some snow or something. But now that you I see realized it, you that my like, comments are like, "Are those ashes?" Like I'm like, "Oh, does someone think I'm scattering someone's ashes?" And like. It yeah. was very fine though. So I can see how they thought that. Because I, like, I did edit like the top of the description to clarify that just oh. now. Before I was like, oh gosh. So no, it's hot water. It's how you make snow. <laughs> now you say I'm like, oh wow, did that hit your face hot? Like it's just yep. like- <laughs> you did a little bit. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> well, you played it off very well. You're a great actress as well. <laughs> So what is what is one <laughs> word, one word that you can leave the audience for someone who may be going through far as, you know, healing from their, from their wounds, or they have scars that they look at every day and it's very difficult for them, whether it's mental or physical scars, but what's a word that you can leave with them? Um, and why do you choose this word and how can it help them? Mm. There's so many words I could pick. Um, I mean, the word that's coming to mind, I can't say it's a word I say a lot, um, but just grace, Mm. giving yourself grace. Cause my goodness, 
mm-hmm. has this pen a huge freaking curveball, you know, in your life. It's not something you planned or wanted, and here it is. And and as you know, it impacts, it's not just a body thing. We're going through it impacts so many areas of life and how we feel about ourselves, how we look, um, physical stuff, but also our relationships and 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 careers. And I mean, it just impacts a lot of stuff. So like just that ability to have grace, you know, for yourself in it, like giving yourself permission to to fall apart, to um be compassionate with yourself um and self-love, you know, self-care, just like so, so crucial Absolutely. and important. And you're not alone. Oh um, I love that. very, very, very much no. I love that yeah. so much. Um well, I like to leave you with something. And ever, as you have been talking, I've heard, I've been thinking of a lot of things, but one in particular service. And when I think of you, I think of a person who service with their whole heart. You give everything that you have. I, I've, I've heard throughout the interview, you spoke about how, you know, you learn these things and these tools and it helped you get through but as you're, as you already know this, as you're helping yourself get through, you also are helping other people get through. And that is a spirit of service. And it's all over you from Instagram. It's not to say you don't have bad days or bad moments, like you stated, but at this and every day is not a happy day. And I love the fact that you explain that to people that, yeah, every day is not a day of me throwing snow that you think are ashes <laughs> outside. It's just yeah. like, you know, I have those days that, I lay in the bed or I watch Netflix and I do nothing, or I have a moment where I may get rageful and get angry. And that also shows your human side, but at the same time, you don't allow it to consume you. And so because you don't allow it to consume you, you not only are able to give back to yourself, the things that you learn, you're able to give back to other people and give back genuinely. The very first time that I met you, um, you just have such a good spirit. And that's what I seen. And I was like, wow, she's really, really nice. And well, I felt the same about you. I was like, <laughs> hair. And like, I remember we connected right after too. I was like, hey, yeah. yeah. And we had some of the same experiences with business and stuff like that. But it was still just your heart. Like you literally wear your heart on your sleeve. And I just hope, and which I'm sure I don't have to worry about this at all with you at all, because you're going to continue to do this. You're going to continue to do it. You're going to continue to expand. And I don't know. I just, I just really pray that you will continue to allow yourself to be open and vulnerable as you are now to continue to evolve, but to continue to serve as you evolve, because as you learn, you're also helping all of us to grow as well. So, so yeah yes to that <laughs> <laughs> yes please <laughs> so yeah so I thank you so much for coming on um if you have any follow-ups of things please you know I'll be well either way I'm gonna look at your IG post every day anyhow so I'll definitely reshare things but if you ever want to come back on if you have something going on that you want to share you are more than welcome I just love you to pieces um, and just connected with you so well the first time that I met you. So I was like, I got to get her up there to talk about her book and her experience. And that's why I just kind of was quiet the whole time because I wanted you to really, for people to hear your whole story and then how it led up to the work that you do now. Um, And thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Well, this brings us to another episode of Our Scars Speak. And thank you, I thank each and every one of you for watching and for tuning in. And just know that if you have a wound or if you have a scar, it has a story behind it. Our mental and our physical and emotional scars, they have a story, a story that I hope one day you will be able to tell. If you can't tell it right now because it's too painful, that's okay. Do the work that you need to do to get to the point where you can share it because your scars, they speak a story that can help heal the wounds of another. So with that being said, we thank you again and we love you and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Our Scars Speak. And we hope you can join us again real soon. Meanwhile, remember that our mental and physical scars speak a story that can help heal the wounds of another.